Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. The Nintendo Entertainment System. Now, you're playing with power. Don't kill me. Don't kill me, man. Don't kill me. Don't kill me, man. I'm not going to kill you. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to tell all your friends about me. What are you? I'm Batman. In the simplest terms, the most convenient definitions. But what we found out is that each one of us is a brain and an athlete and a basket case, a princess and a criminal. Does that answer your question? And welcome to the Back in Time podcast, focusing on the new, on the uh, year 1978. I'm your host, Curtis, and with me is my chivalrous uh, partner in crime, Corey. Heyo. And joining us is Jeremy. Now, Jeremy, I don't even I don't even know how to pronounce your podcast name. Is it like Yakko? Well, is that help? that's um. Yeah, that's a little personal project I'm doing. It's called Yakko Yaks. Okay. And What's Yakko Yaks all about? It's mainly just me rambling about, like, I usually have something that interests me, and then I'll talk about, like, the week's Flash or um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you know, shows like that mm. that I'm interested in. And I might talk about a comic. Like, the okay. la- this last one I talked about, Green Lantern Rebirth. Oh, okay. So. Well, it's wow. definitely something our listeners lo- would probably love listening to. So. Yeah, and my, my, main, my main podcast is actually called Transmissions, and it's okay. uh, me and three other guys. We talk about Transformers, which um, I'm not sure if that would be more interesting to your audience or not, but you know, we have a lot of fun. Oh, we're I'm nerds. sure I have a few listeners who are like, you guys don't talk about Transformers enough. Well, so when, when you get to 1985, 1986, you will. Uh, what was the... Um, year that the movie came out the transformers movie the animated one that was 86 okay because i think that was probably my favorite transformers thing i don't know that's just my two cents it was definitely the most traumatizing for many kids (laughs) oh god rest in peace optimus (laughs) uh but we're not gonna be talking about the transformers movie that's like you know just under a decade from where we are now uh we're talking about the year 1978 and uh definitely an interesting year i think you know, we were talking in 1977 last year about how you sort of started to see geek and nerd culture sort of emerge out of Star Wars. And I think 1978, you know, Superman, the movie came out to be, I guess, the good jumping off point into that, where, uh, you know, last year you had Star Wars, this year you have Superman. And it's kind of funny because, you know, now we're having that, you know, this year we're like last year we had Star Wars and now this year we're having, well, I guess kind of a Superman movie. Kind of not really. 
What do you mean, can I not really? Yeah, it's the Superman movie. It's, you won't so, believe a man can fly, damn it. <laughs> if if not, it will be, beat you into believing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. If you believe he will fly, you will also believe that he will snap your neck and swear at you in this uh, new universe. Just kidding. Um, but yeah, Superman, uh, Christopher Reeve, uh, you know, kind of a, I guess an iconic, bleh, sorry, mixing the words here, iconic uh, superhero movie and comic book movie. Definitely sort of set the groundwork for a lot of movies to come down the road, especially Batman coming in the 80s and, you know, Spider-Man and Marvel and all this other stuff. Um, I'm guessing you guys have probably seen this movie probably a, a few times in the past. A few times, yeah. Yeah. Oh god, not in a while, but yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think some of some of it still holds up, but some of this is pretty cheesy. Like him well, going it's around. It's in like late seventies, so naturally there is be some ageness to it. Like when he rotates the Earth to go back in time, that still uh, gets me. It's just like yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Like. Yeah. For the most part, the movie, I think, is awesome. But yeah, that is one thing that stands out. You're like, what are they thinking? Yeah. It's like, come on, I'm not a physics major, and I even understand it yet. You know, this It's was, bullshit. Uh, yeah, not, <laughs> not happening. Um, but yeah, Christopher Reeve, I mean, he was relative unknown until that movie came out. And, you know, he definitely had a different career, I guess, than most people, because he had this big role, and I guess everyone expected him to sort of take off and do all these amazing things. He did Superman. He did a few other things, but... Well, yeah, he, had, he did at least some, some awards for his time. Like, he did, like, it was in the team movie of The Rear Window, some other notable acting gigs. Mm-hmm. But no, Superman was definitely his most iconic. It's really what set him to the stardom. Yeah. And, you know, I, th- I think for good reason. I mean, it's definitely, you know, a, uh, a good movie overall. Oh, yeah. Originally, um, they, didn't even, they didn't even want him because he was too skinny. Yeah. And we almost got Christopher Walken Superman. Imagine that. Oh. That would have been kind of scary. That would be like if that Nicolas Cage Superman ever got made. It would be just as bad. (laughs) (laughs) I just think of that one uh, movie that Nick Cage was in, uh, The Rock, where he goes, have you ever heard of the song Rocket Man? Well, you're the (laughs) Rocket Man. (laughs) Probably the greatest line from that movie. No, it probably would have been bad, but I would have been fascinated to watch this movie with Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Yeah. Shock it up as things we'd probably hate if it actually did come out but it would be interesting to see in like an earth to alternate reality sort of deal probably make a great drinking game out of it too oh yes um yeah. one thing so, i really liked about or I, I thought was interesting interesting yeah. about the movie is it's kind of breaking with the the camp that you know like the the 66 batman show had right. you know brought mm-hmm. in i mean this this was it took itself very seriously and yes. I think it, it succeeded in part because of that. Yeah, the humor was more subtle. Yeah, in the original Batman sixties. Right. And I think too. I mean, I know you know we've had so many adaptions of Superman over the years, whether it be like this movie or the Lois and Clark TV show or Man of Steel. But I feel or like Smallville. at least, yeah, or Smallville. But I feel like this movie sort of got mostly it right like it was mostly well balanced enough where he was an interesting character but it wasn't too cheesy um you know like i always remember remember sorry the uh scene where pa kent dies and i thought that mm-hmm. was such like an, a great scene and how they handled that because you know it could have taken up like so much of the movie but it was just this really simple scene of him passing away and you kind of see how that affected clark and how right he, you know right now he learned of, that despite all his powers he can't save everyone yes. right 
Um, but uh, let's move on from Superman, from uh, men that could fly to men that can dance and sing, and that's Grease. <laughs> definitely not my type of movie, but I know that this movie definitely holds a crowd. Uh, yeah, oh, it, yeah, it has a following. People do love it. Yes. Uh, especially people who go to karaoke bars. They apparently love this movie, even though they probably only really love the handful of songs from this movie. Well, I saw something recently, like a theater was showing it, and there was like a sing-along thing, kind of like the Rocky Horror, but they were doing it oh. for Greece. Interesting. I mean, I think that's kind of it. We're, we were talking about uh, Saturday Night Fever last week, where it's one of those things where the soundtrack to the movie almost eclipsed the movie itself. Mm-hmm. And Grease, I think it doesn't, you know, that doesn't happen in the same way it happened with Saturday Night Fever, but I think it definitely, definitely gets close to that. Again, where the idea is, is that, yeah, Grease had a great soundtrack. And almost to, like, I don't even really remember the plot of this movie. Like, I looked it up on Wikipedia, and I'm like, really? Like, yeah, I, I, remember, I remember watching, like, in drama class in high school. Oh, yeah. I've heard the Hairspray, to be honest. <laughs> well, Hairspray, at least you know the plot of that one, probably, right? more modern yeah i didn't mind uh, the plot of Reese that much except for the ending when the girl turns around and like joins danny as the bad girl that was just that made me my, made my eyes roll <laughs> it's kind of sexist yeah um i'm going to a movie that uh, focused on high school to a movie that focused on the college years and that's animal house uh definitely kind of like a favorite of mine in terms of like those university comedies, I guess, if that's like a subgenre. You know? No, no, I, I, I didn't know what you're talking about, yeah. Yeah, because you have, uh, what's it called? The uh, Revenge of the Nerds, that was yeah. up there. Uh, you have that the Van Wilder series, American Pie, you know. Yeah, I mean, all, like that. all of that probably has its roots in Animal House. Yeah, and that I one film so. with, uh, what was it called? Ah, uh, shit, it was one of these, uh, what did they have? Will Ferrell? Oh, um, I know what you mean, but I'm blanking on the name. (laughs) God damn it. It's the one where he hits himself with a blowgun or the dark gun or whatever, right? Yeah. I think it was like Frat House or something like that. Yeah, Frat something. Yeah. Even though, amazing movie, but we can't remember remember the name of it, apparently. (laughs) Um, But yeah, no, Animal House. um, I think it was John Belushi. I always get the Belushi's mixed up. I know there was Jim and John. Yeah, Jim is still alive. Yeah, Jim's the one that kind of got the bad genes, and no one finds him really funny. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Sorry, Jim. But, uh, no, John Belushi. I, I, like, I remember so many parts of this movie, like the part where he fills his face full of food, and then he just, like, squeezes his face, and, like, the food all comes out, and he goes, I'm a zit. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Gross stuff like that. You have or the like, iconic, like, toga party scene and yeah. the parade. Mm-hmm. There's also two, like, one scene where he just downs an entire bottle of Jack Daniels. And I, I still find that impressive. Like, I think, you know, even for me, when I was in my early 20s, I couldn't have even done something like that. So I'm always impressed. I'm like, wow, really? But then again, it's like, oh, John Belushi, you had your problems. Um, oh, Halloween, the uh, John Carpenter horror flick. Uh, that didn't start the slasher craze, but I think it definitely made it popular. Um, you guys have probably seen this movie. I uh, actually have not. I'm, I'm not know, a horror it's, really? It sucks. I have seen almost every film in this franchise except for this one. 
oh really so you've seen almost every halloween movie except for the original that and the third one i think that was the third one the one with the witch which oh, something season of the witch yeah i avoided that one i find it funny that you've seen like the bad ones and you haven't seen the good ones. <laughs> wait, wait are you saying that halloween this halloween's a, one of the only good ones i think so i mean what I, no no it's not a great movie it's not like i would be like hey i'm gonna watch halloween but i think it, it kind of holds up you know at well, least yeah, john carpenter zombie. doing his his thing and uh, definitely better than the Rob Zombie remake. Yeah. <laughs> Those movies are just terrible. I mean, to kind of tie it into the original, I think the original at least, you know, yes, it was a slasher flick, but, you know, it, it generally had some class to it. When you get to the Rob Zombie remake, it's literally just like, let's try to disgust you every five seconds until you just hate this movie. And it's like, sorry. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jeremy, you you haven't seen this movie or Halloween, or you haven't seen this no. I, I I'm not a big horror guy, so I, mm. I mean I don't have anything against it. I just have never actually sat down and watched it. And that's the thing. I think horror movies. It's kind of one of those things. Yeah, where if you're not into the genre, you're just like nope. You know, you don't ever really see that with too many other genres. It's not like you see someone be like, oh, I'm not into romantic comedies. Right. Most people have a few, but horror. It's I just mean, like yeah, almost everyone was forced to see Titanic at some point. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, I think my my wife when we were dating, she took me to see uh, I think it was Hannibal or one of those movies, no. and I just it was a miserable time. Well, so, those are miserable movies except for the first one, Silence of the Lambs. I remember uh, yeah. I took my now wife to go see uh, the well the Rambo kind of like well the fourth Rambo or whatever it was called. And she still hates me for taking her to go see that. Like <laughs> to this day, she's like why would you take me to that movie? Or anytime I'm like, hey, let's go see this movie. She's like, is it going to be another Rambo? I'm like, no, no, no. Believe me, that was a one-time mistake. I won't ever do that again. <laughs> um, another horror movie. I guess a bit more of a classic than Halloween, but Dawn of the Dead. Kind of, uh, that was the one that was uh, set in the mall. Ah, uh, Dawn of the Dead. I love this one. I actually recently moved away from Pittsburgh where this was in a mall, like, you know, pretty close to the city. Yes. Yeah. Um, it was probably like on the outskirts. Yeah, it's a suburb, um, Monroeville, and the mall is very proud that the uh, film was was made there. As they should be. It's a classic. But yeah. here, here's the funny thing: when you watch the movie, this is when like the idea of the big super mall was still a relatively new thing, and they're, right. so they're like, "Here's this great big super mall where you have more than ten sh stores that you can go to," and everyone's like. That's wow! I've never seen it before. <laughs> you know, now if you told that to somebody, they'd just be like, "Okay, that's great. I'll spend maybe like twenty minutes here and then go somewhere else." But uh, yeah, uh, Corey, you said you really liked Dawn of the Dead, right? Oh yeah, I first watched it when I was a kid. I was really into zombie flicks when I was little. Oddly mm -hmm. enough, what's your favorite uh, part of this film? God, I guess I guess the one thing that's my favorite probably have to be probably be the ending actually. Like when the mall's overrun, zombies taken over, and we see the ah, I forgot their names, Lawrence Fishburne and the blonde chick, like right off in the helicopter, knowing that they're low on fuel, and just how an amb it just ends on that ambiguous and dour note. Like you I don't that was really know if it's just gonna crash and they're just all gonna die. Exactly, 
And what I liked about this film, like how I liked how John Romero so used zombies as an allegory, like question, like who, like who really is the Walking Dead? Is it us or them? Mm. Yes, Romero really got that right. Yeah, it's something I thought was missing from the remake, which is why I don't like the remake that much. Yeah, no, I, the I remake was, wasn't good at all. Yeah, I, I guess the talent behind I, it. I, I guess as a zombie flick, it wasn't it was okay, but as a remake of Dawn of the Dead, no, not good. No. Uh, onto the deer hunter. Um, I think really the only real reason I wanted to mention this movie is because it uh, had that scene where they're playing the game where you have to like, you know, each hand off the revolver to each other, and if you know, is this is, is this a western? No, it's, um, it's a war film. Vietnam war film. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, Wikipedia says it's also based, or it was based in Pittsburgh. That's kind of funny. There's a it's lot of funny. Pittsburgh roots <laughs> yeah. going on here. It's iconic. It's an iconic city, I guess. Yeah. No, um, funny enough, this movie did have Christopher Walken in it, who uh, was not Superman. But then again, you know, who could be besides right. Christopher Reeves? Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger, who also wanted the role. That's true. Um, not really much I can say about Deer Hunter. I just wanted to mention it because it's more of like the, kind of like the Oscar bait, I guess, that came out that year. I mean, looking at well. the the cast here, it's got Robert De Niro, Christopher Walken, Meryl Streep. I mean, wow. pretty pretty good actors. Yes, uh, it's got the infamous scene where they have to pass the revolver to each other, like I say, and then uh, you know pull the trigger, and if the bullet's in the chamber, then they shoot themselves. I forget what the game's called. I think it's like, oh gosh, you know, like Russian something. roulette. Russian roulette. That's it. Yeah. Thank you, Jeremy. For safety, there. <laughs> You're um, I think it's funny because when everyone always talks about that, I always just envision that scene from The Deer Hunter and really nothing else from that movie. Um, and the final movie, I guess, in our list of movies from 78 is uh, Up in Smoke, Cheech and Chong. Um, definitely not a good movie. Definitely. No. Even <laughs> like during my good. teenage years when I was into that kind of stuff, I never got the appeal of Cheech and Chong. Never. I went high or yeah. nothing. Yeah. I mean, I, I want to give them some credit because they definitely kind of started that stoner comedy. Oh, they did, but it's been, it's been done so much better since then. Oh, yeah. You know, you got, uh, like, Jay and Silent Bob and um, the Go to White Castle movies and all that yeah, stuff. Harold so. Yeah, Harold Kumar. Nice. Yeah, so. Yeah, I agree. It's been done better, but I want to at least give some, you know, recognition for where the subgenre of stoner comedy came from. Even if it, yeah, nowadays it's kind of like, okay, that movie's not that great, really. Um, let's move on to games, both, uh, well, we have all, I guess not really a board game. I, it's really hard to describe one of these, but uh, let's start with Space Invaders. The um, game that actually made me just hate my life, because I can never win at Space Invaders, even to this day. Yeah. It, <laughs> like, surprisingly, guys, the old games are tough. Yeah, and the thing is, it's like, you know, sometimes like I'll bring it up in a browser, and I'm like, oh, I can beat this, I can do this, I can, I'll win, I can't win, and I'm like, I don't know what it is, like, you know, like what were people doing back then that made them so good at Space Invaders? Because whatever it was, I don't have it, because I'm just like terrible at Space Invaders. Eh, games got easier. You're a pussy. Right. Hey man, <laughs> I play the Dark Souls games, so I got I got some cred. Um, I mean, it was one of the first really popular arcade machines, I would think. Yeah, mm -hmm. like, like one of the first video games. 
yeah alongside yes. like pong yeah pong, pong. came out like five or six years before but i think space invaders really was sort of the one that kind of helped it blow up and again you had the idea that uh, star wars had just came out and i think because of star wars and the whole sci-fi craze when space invaders did come out it sort of carried that like oh it's not star wars but it's science fiction and it's got lasers yeah. and spaceships like yeah, in the Lord 70s that's yeah, the closest you get <laughs> to a, a star wars experience uh in video game format i guess <laughs> you know now we have battlefront and force unleash and whatever else right um simon says not really a video game i guess it's hard to describe simon says it's not really a board game it's not really a video game it's sort of like this weird mesh of the two kind of a party game i guess yeah yeah well, i never played this well it's funny oh. cause whenever i see people playing simon says it's almost always by themselves and they're yeah. almost always getting frustrated because <laughs> it's like oh man i can't remember was it orange blue yellow like what was it well um, it was one of those games that you could tell your parents um you know this is to help my memory it, it, i'm just not <laughs> wasting time here yes and you know i'm sure back in 78 like again this is well before you know people had home consoles right so the idea of having this thing at home was probably mind-blowing back in 1978 you know nowadays it's like you can pick up a phone or an ipad or whatever and you're playing a game but yeah back in 78 it's like oh i don't have to go to the arcade i can just play the simon says at home that's awesome um but yeah Corey, you you're probably just like what's this simon says yeah sorry yeah, it's okay man simon said and you weren't there to listen <laughs> um move on to some music um and uh, Jeremy and I have been listening to these albums, or at least a good portion of these albums in preparation. So that's the great thing about, you know, this uh, podcast is I feel like the movies and stuff, you know, I've watched a lot of these and I'll maybe watch like a bit of them to remind myself, but with the music, I can just make a playlist. That's it. Um, but uh, Some Girls by the Rolling Stones is probably, it, it's not my favorite Rolling Stones album, but it definitely had a lot of great singles from it um jeremy you, you had uh, said that you listened to this did you have any thoughts on the album yeah i i, I was reminded that i'm not the biggest rolling stones fan mm. <laughs> um there, there were a couple songs i recognized and i liked but on the whole i mean it just didn't really do much for me no so no i mean it's i think it's got a few great tracks on it but it's it's kind of one of those in-betweener albums where it's like, you know, it's not one of their best, but it's not one of their worst. It was just like, oh, it's Some, there. Something to kind of fulfill part of their contract. And here's the thing. It was their 16th American uh, studio album. And, uh, I mean, you have to think about it. 16 albums. Like, what band nowadays has 16 albums under their belt? Like, no band has that. Like... I don't even think Taylor Swift comes anywhere close. And she's got a ton of them, and she's always, you know, talking about those breakups. Um, Corey, any thoughts on Some Girls by the Rolling Stones? I haven't listened to any of these albums, so I'm just going to be quiet. Aww. Come on, Corey. What about the Rolling Stones in general? Thoughts? No. I've heard a thing. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. Uh, that's okay. I have failed. It's okay. Your music credit has gone down a little bit, but we won't uh, 
you know, not too much. Um, all right, let's talk about the next album on this list, or sorry, list, uh, Darkness on the Edge of Town by Bruce Springsteen. Um, again, it was kind of like, I don't think it's my favorite Springsteen album, but it's definitely, you know, decent album. What did you think, Jeremy? Yeah, I, I, I definitely liked it more than the Rolling Stones album. It, um, I'm not super familiar with a lot of Springsteen music other than like his biggest hits, but um, I, I enjoyed listening to this one. It, it had a, a few um, few things that I had heard before, which was nice to hear. Well, I think for me, like I like Born to Run, which was '75, and then The River, which was 1980, and Darkness. Uh, on the edge of town it, like i said in my eyes it kind of falls in between the two like i have these two albums that i really know bruce springsteen for and then i've got this one that i'm like oh yeah i guess that did kind of come out between the two but in my eyes i'm just like you know some of these tracks i'll, I'll remember but a lot of them i'm like you know other songs from bruce springsteen like born to run or mm -hmm. born in the usa stuff right. like that right yeah um the cars had their self-titled debut this year uh, the cars definitely kind of like I think when they came out they were a different band than a lot of other people were used to and that whole idea of the new wave band was kind of a new thing too and of course you know as you get into the 80s I think it started to become much more of a new thing they kind of got away from the more like classic rock sound and more into this new wave but uh, yeah, well, I, I, I think I it's a great album I Sorry, didn't realize no. that that this wasn't in the eighties because I was familiar with more songs on this album and I just assumed they were from the eighties. Yeah. And I mean, it definitely has that kind of eighties feel to it. Right. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this album did really well actually for them. Uh, a lot of great reviews and sold pretty well. Uh, again, the cars had a very good, you know, career and it all kind of started here. And again, you know, it's interesting that, yeah, as we get into the eighties, this kind of became the, I guess, well, not like too universal sound, but it kind of became the sound that a lot of people got used to over time. Uh, another self-titled debut, Van Halen. Um, Corey. Now, someone who lives in Carolina, there must be some Van Halen being played somewhere in Carolina, I'm sure. Uh, what songs did they do? What Running with do? the Devil. Yeah. Uh, Jamie's Crying. I just oh. feel like... Yeah, I I've heard like, like one or two. Yeah. I feel like if I was in Carolina right now, I'd hear some Van Halen at somebody's house or something. You would have to. We have a lot of rock stations here. <laughs> I just imagine every, like, I just imagine your life in Carolina being like that movie, Joe Dirt. That, that's actually not too far off, sadly. <laughs> and here's the thing. I love Joe Dirt. I love that movie, secretly. Um, but Jeremy, what did you think of Van Halen's I liked it. I, um, I, I'm more of a fan of Van Halen than the other stuff. Um, one thing mm -hmm. that surprised me was that song towards the end, the Ice Cream Man, that's kind of like a, an acoustic blues type song. And yeah, I'd never heard them do anything that wasn't their normal rock sound. And I thought that was a really, really neat song. Yeah. And I think what happens is eventually over time, they sort of get feedback from people saying, oh, you know, like we really like running with the devil you know, or something like that, right? And so they kind of gear more towards that sound going forward. But uh, yeah, yeah it, I think it's always nice to see see them branch out and, and you know, try something different. Yeah, and I think uh, 
this album had quite a few tracks like that. Like it was where it was like, oh, really? This is Van Halen. Doesn't like explicitly sound like them. Um, a couple more albums. Uh, Who are you by the Who? Um, I guess for me, it's probably my favorite album from the Who. But I mean, I don't know. What do you guys think in general? Big Who fans? Mm. Not really, but I've seen CSI, so I've heard the, 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 the <laughs> Who Are You song. I mean, that's the thing, right? I think uh, CSI was really their uh, their major uh, renaissance period. Right. There's probably people like, oh, I love this song. I wonder where I can find out who this artist is. Oh, they've been around since the 60s. Okay. Um, final uh, album we'll talk about this week, and then Corey will have something to talk about besides this music. Sorry, Corey. It's okay. It's my fault. <laughs> No one's fault, man. Is uh, Billy Joel, Fifty uh, Second Street? Um, it's kind of funny because if you ever listen to any Billy Joel stuff in the '80s and '90s, this doesn't sound anything like it. Like, this is a totally right. different Billy Joel that I'm used to, I guess. Uh, yeah, I really like it admits. though. It's, Sorry, I, I really like it though. It's um, it's yeah. got a lot of his songs that I like on it. Yeah. I think for me, what I found interesting about it was that, you know, when I listened to it, you know, I gathered a few albums for this list and this is the one that I had never heard before. Like the other ones I've listened to before, this one I had never heard before, uh, you know, today when I was listening to the album and when I listened to it, I was like, wow, this is actually a really good album. Like, not to say like, I want to write off Billy Joel in general, but I'm just like, I was kind of surprised that, you know. I'd never heard of this from him before, so um, that's it for music. Let's go on to TV shows. There was a few notable TV shows that debuted in 1978. Uh, first off, being Dallas, uh, the show that uh, I guess was. Uh, I mean, I'm sure there was other shows that were sort of the idea of the, you know, the cooler talk. I guess kind of. TV show, but uh, Dallas was probably one of those ones where, yeah, you know, I always hear from people that were like, oh, you know, back when Dallas came, or Dallas came out, you always talked about what was happening week to week. Uh, and I find it kind of funny because I look at the show and I'm like, really? You guys would be enthralled by this, but... What was it about it, exactly? Uh, it's kind of about, like, this oil empire. Uh, so it's a bunch of sons and there's a whole bunch of drama. It's basically a soap opera, really. I mean, it was a prime a, time soap opera. Yeah, that's basically what it was. Oh, God. Uh, it, it was what my parents would watch when I was going to bed after A Team went off the air. <laughs> <laughs> Not the A Team. Damn. Yeah. After A Team. It, it went for a long time, too. Like, it went from 1978 to 1991. Like, that's a long time. If you think about it, like, that's what? 14 seasons. Years? Yeah, like, that's long. Like, I can't even imagine a show going that long these days. I mean, I know there are shows that go that long. Like, you've got, you know, soap operas and whatever. Yeah, like General else, Hospital. Like, NCIS. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Law and Order. <laughs> Law and Order just will never die. Simpsons. Simpsons, oh, God. South Park. Yeah. Well, yeah. Simpsons Park started when I was, in like, in fifth or sixth grade in, like, 88, 89. Yeah, and it's just, like... I like these shows, but, like, very rarely do you see a show go that long. Like, you know, 
I'm watching that new Fargo show, and they're like, yeah, we're going to probably keep it to, like, three seasons, maybe four. And I'm like, huh, really? Because it just seems weird that, like, you know, nowadays TV shows want to keep themselves contained and tell, like, a really focused story. But back then, they were probably just like, yeah, we can do 13 years of this show about an oil empire. We'll just make it up as we go along. <laughs> yeah, and, and this Wikipedia thing says that Knott's Landing actually spun off from Dallas, and it also lasted 14 seasons. Yeah, like, again, this is crazy. <sighs> like, this is, like, yeah, like, 79 to 93 for Knott's Landing. That's just crazy. Like, again, it's just... <laughs> and, you know, again, I'm sure, you know, uh, my parents and other people's parents at the time, they were probably, like, you know, it's like, our generation now we're like oh game of thrones is on let's go watch game of thrones and we make an event viewing but i'm sure back then dallas was pretty much the same kind of idea right yeah Where probably you stopped what you were doing to go watch dallas even if well you didn't we really there. have you know vcrs or dvrs or anything like that so yeah. you you had to watch it or you know you'd be out of luck until they repeated it right well, we just finally uh, showed my grandma how to use her dvr because she never knew how to use it so she was always like, oh, I got to go home and watch the show because otherwise I'm going to miss it. We're like, Grandma, you know you can record these things now, right? Like, you don't have to go home at this time and watch it at this time. She's like, really? What? This is crazy. Your grandma um, sounds sweet. Oh, my grandma's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, the Incredible Hulk. Probably the oh. most relevant to our audience. Um, yeah, sure. from, uh, from the old, based on the older TV, superhero TV shows, it's probably one of the more successful ones. And better yeah. ones, I'd say. I mean, we were actually talking last week about the Spider-Man TV show that came out, and that only ran for, like, a season and a half, really, like, two seasons. It wasn't very long. This ran for, you know, not five too seasons. long. Four, yeah, yeah, 78 to 82, so it ran for a while. Um, I always remember the one scene where the Hulk just picks up a bear and just tosses it into a lake. <laughs> <laughs> It's just the most ridiculous. Yeah. Because that's the you thing, right? just, uh, watch this show together. It was, it was nice. Yeah. Um, I always remember the uh, theme song for the show, too. The uh, kind of like the sad uh, Bruce Banner song. The one where he's walking yeah. down the highway at the end. He's got his yeah. thumb up. He's hitchhiking. Um, that's been parodied so many times, you know, whether it's like <laughs> Family Guy or, uh, you know, I think Simpsons even pulled it off a little bit, too. Yeah, they even um, had some crossovers in the Incredible Hulk show. Like, they had Thor. They had Daredevil. Surprising. Yeah. Like, that's the thing, right? Like, you know, obviously now we have Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and we have The Flash and Legends of Tomorrow and all that other stuff. But I feel like, for me at least, The Incredible Hulk was the first time they really got a comic book TV show right. I don't mm-hmm. say it was perfect because I think it was far from perfect. But I think that, yeah, in terms of pulling it off, they they had the best chance that they could at the time to do it well, and they did. So, I mean, again, looking back at the the Batman show, mm. I mean, this is another one that is taking it, taking the source material seriously, and trying to put on a real show just set based off a comic book. And yeah. I think they did a really good job. Yeah, right. Even if they didn't have the budget to pull off, like obviously stuff the Hulk could do in the comics, they kept the right. themes of the character. Well, I remember when I was going to see uh, the Avengers when it was in theaters, and there was like this older couple that I guess had gone with their son, and their son had dragged them to go see Avengers, and they're like, "Oh, it's got the Hulk in it." So Lou Lou Ferrigno's the Hulk, right? And he's like, 
no, mom, it's Mark Ruffalo now and all this. But, like, I'm thinking about it, right? Like, that was their Generations Hulk. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously we have the comics and animated uh, TV shows and whatnot. But for them, like, that was the Incredible Hulk. Lou Fregno and green body paint throwing bears into a lake. Like, that was their Hulk. Yeah, although Lou Fregno has voiced the Hulk a lot since then. Even in the Avengers, I think he voiced the Hulk, too. I think he did, yeah. He had a, cam- a cameo in, I believe, the Hulk movie. Yeah, the Incredible like Hulk. Guard. Yes. Yeah. I think he still, actually still provides the voice for the Hulk, like the grunts and growls and stuff. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, he does. He did it for the Avengers. I can't even, I don't even know if he did it for Age of Ultron, but I know he did it for the first Avengers movie. Um, let's see. Taxi. Uh, again, it's a sitcom. You know, we're going to be talking a lot about sitcoms on this show, on this podcast, because... Yeah, isn't this like Cheers, but with cars? I think, like, every sitcom is like Cheers. <laughs> it's kind of funny, though, because, like, I've, I've always said, like, of all the sitcoms I've watched, I think, for me, at least, I've always enjoyed Cheers, but I think Taxi had its moments. Yeah. He had a pretty good cast. I mean, you had Danny DeVito, Tony Danza, Andy Kaufman, which... Yeah, but he was great. Oh, Andy Kaufman was probably, I mean, every kind of sitcom had that goofy standout, like that guy that was really funny and really drew attention. I think for Taxi, it was Andy Kaufman. And, you know, unfortunately, he had, you know, unfortunate that uh, he died so soon. But I think when you watch that show and you watch, like, what he was doing on that show, it was kind of ahead of, of the time at the time in terms of, you know, the type of humor he was pulling off. Like, it was pretty, kind of, like, ahead of its time, I guess, in that mm-hmm. sense. Um like Jeremy, did you watch the show at all growing up, or are you familiar with it? At Not all? growing up, but I've seen it in repeats over the years. Yes, and it—I don't know why I never watched it growing up because it was—it was hilarious. But I guess still a little kid, it might not be. Yeah, I think when you're a little kid, I mean, even now, we were talking last week with uh, you know Carlos and Laura from the Lettuce Podcast. We were saying that it's interesting that you know sitcoms kind of get this bad buzz now you know like there's that big bang theory show and everyone was like oh it's a sitcom but you know you have to realize that yeah in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s i mean sitcoms reign supreme mm-hmm. i mean the whole idea of the you know reality tv and all this other stuff that's still relatively new to audiences so um but yeah taxi i've seen a couple episodes i haven't seen you know huge part of it but i think from what I saw, I really enjoyed it. It's still funny to see Danny DeVito when he's young because he still looks like he does now. Like he just hasn't <laughs> yeah. changed at all. And Christopher Lloyd was really good in it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you have so many really good actors that came out of this, like the comedians and yeah, um, Jeff Conway. Yeah, I mean, then you have yeah. Tony Danza. Yeah, <laughs> no. he's kind of doing his own little weird thing these days, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, you know. He definitely had a. She was in that Don John movie. I totally forgot about that movie. Um, Battlestar Galactica, the original, not the 2000s uh, remake that most people know it for. Um, I think it's funny because I remember when the 2004 Battlestar Galactica was coming out. I thought it was such this original idea, and then I remember my uncle broke, you know my little heart there saying like oh no this came out like back in like the 70s and i'm like really so i remember i watched a little bit of it before the 2004 show came out and it's 
it's not a very good show, but it only ran for like one season too. Like it didn't run for very long either. But uh, did either of you guys watch the show at all? Or I've heard of it. No, I've never seen it though. Okay, yeah, I never really watched it. Um, the the biggest, um, I guess the biggest impact it had on me was when I was watching the in the A team. Even in the opening credits, there's that scene where uh, Cylon walks by Dirk Benedict, mm. and he just kind of looks at it. And but I've never actually seen an episode about Battlestar Galacta, the old one or the new one. I think we're gonna have to have you on for 1983 to talk about the A team. Yeah. I feel like you're an yeah. expert on this, Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the 80s. I mean, the 80s are where I really kind of formed my basis of what I like. Mm. All right. Uh, final show that we're going to talk about, and I guess the final little tidbit here is Mark and Mindy. Uh, kind of like a, I love how you say aw, because it was a pretty lighthearted and fun show. You know, basically Alien comes to Earth to study, uh, you know, Earthlings and... Uh, Played by know, Robin Williams. Yeah. And then he lives with this girl and, you know, hijinks ensue. And basically, I think the whole show was an excuse for Robin Williams to wear different costumes all the time <laughs> and look goofy. And just do his bit. Yeah. Hey, he did it well, at least. It. Like, when you look at that show, it's like... Oh, here's him wearing like a striped shirt and uh, you know overalls, and oh, here's him wearing you know like this really cheesy sweater and all this. Like, I'm pretty sure they were just like, Robin, look in the wardrobe, find what you want, you can wear whatever you want on the show. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, it was a funny show. I mean, it ran for four seasons. It did relatively well in the grand scheme of things, but I think like all. Uh, sitcoms eventually the stars want to kind of move on and do movies which obviously robin williams had a pretty successful movie career mm -hmm. well after mark and mindy so i think he made the right choice decided not to go too too long on mark and mindy moved on did his own thing yeah i'm surprised it only ran for four seasons because it seems to me like it was on for much longer than that i think it uh syndicated well like it was yeah very much showing on repeats quite a bit uh well throughout the 80s because that show ended in 82 but i feel like even in the 90s it was still showing and it had this almost timeless quality to it where you can still watch it and still be like okay this is enjoyable even if yeah it's a you know 10 year old show right and uh that's pretty much it for 1978 Corey. yes if we were going to give this a review what would you give 1978 huh well I mean, I'd say it's an important year for superhero stuff. Like you have Incredible Hulk, you have Superman, which yeah. set the set the idea that superhero, superhero films can be successful and be done well. Yeah. And you have Dawn of the Dead, one of George Romero's best works. Mm -hmm. Then you got, but then you got Up in Smoke, which sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess, I guess the music's good too. I don't know. I didn't listen to any of this, but you guys seem to appreciate it. <laughs> so I guess overall, I'll give this a. A B plus. A B plus. Yes, for Superman, yeah. Dawn of the Dead, and Incredible Hulk. Is that like an eight out of ten? Well, I had Grease too. I guess I like Grease. Okay. All right. B plus. Okay. Um, all right, Jeremy. What did you think of 1978 as a whole? Yeah, I kind of agree with a lot of what he said. I mean, mm -hmm. the. I think. You're really getting. 
the basis of a lot of like what really became popular and blew up in the eighties. And you're, you're seeing the formation of that here. And just, I mean, with Superman, that that's one of my all time favorite movies. Um, you get Mork and Mindy's, which is one of the greatest shows you get space invaders. So, and, and then you also get me. I came out in 1978. Oh, so well, I, well. I, I'd say probably, um, I'd, I'd also give it like eight out of 10. Okay. I feel like I'm going to agree with you guys and say eight out of 10. All Pretty right. Nothing outstanding. You know, it's not like you had like a star Wars. that just blew the year right. up or anything. You know, I know some people may say Superman did that, but I don't agree. Well, I mean, it, it definitely good. didn't do the numbers that Star Wars did. No, but I think yeah, but I think it had a significant cultural impact on some of the Star yeah. Wars. Yeah, that's why I'm going to give it an eight out of ten. I would give it higher, but nothing really stood out the same way Star Wars did in '77 for me. So I'm going to stick with a solid eight out of ten, B plus. All right, we all agree then. Great. So, um, Jeremy, if uh, people liked listening to you on our podcast, where can they uh, hear more of you? Um, you can go to transmissionspodcast.com for okay. all my Transformers talk or yakoyaks.com for everything else. All right. And if you guys like this podcast, please subscribe and rate and review us on iTunes. Also, check out our other podcasts, the, the Three Angry Nerds podcast and the Nerds in Love podcast, which Corey and I are going to be returning tomorrow to record. Oh, my fun. <laughs> I know. I feel like there's just too much recording going on these days, Corey. Like, yeah, there's gonna be more coming. I have my own podcast up and running. Jesus. Yeah, it just never ends. Um, no, we love it though. We do. It's, it's it's addicting. It can be. It, yeah. Well, it's funny because when we started doing Three Angry Nerds, it was like people were asking us dating advice, and I'm like, well, we're getting way too much of this to like keep the show at a good length, so we made it its own podcast, and then that got popular, and then. You know, we're doing this podcast and all this. Just if you do well, it, it just keeps blowing up. It's uh, it never seems to slow down. At least, um, yeah, it's nice uh, when people can relate to what you're saying and really listen to you. Yes, it's a good problem to have. Yes, I I could be a lot. Wor- we could be a lot worse off. Um, we could be the guy with the cat podcast. <laughs> He's probably still talking to his cat, and he's probably, like, so far down in the rankings that nobody <laughs> sees him. Um, but, uh, yeah, come back uh, next week, and we're going to talk about the year 1979. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye.